College football games may have ended, but the offseason is just getting started, and we have you covered all year long. These fans need to calm down. The big game hype is real. I can't wait. They really need to produce for their fans. The Roar, where every day is game day. Patloco.com. Go check out their website today. They have their online hat builder. You can upload your logo, choose your styles, your colors, and see your idea come to life. This is a great thing for business owners for uh, sports teams, charity event planners, those of you who want to get a logo, uh, churches, uh, really get your logo seen and noticed, Hatflow will put any logo you got on a leather patch. You can design the leather patch in the shape that you want it, slap the logo on there. The leather patch can go on any kind of hat they've got there at Hatflow Co., and they've got plenty to choose from, uh, whether it be Richardson hats, uh, low-profile beanies, uh, the straw hats, you name it, they've got it. And it can look great and get your business noticed. It's really cool. It's a great way to uh, put on you know, a real professional look. That's what HatFlowCo.com does for you. Go check them out today. No order minimums. And you get uh, nationwide shipping, great pricing. And they have a host of things up on their website right now. You can just order for yourself. One or 50 or 100, whatever you need. Uh, they got the Wade Woodaz collection. You can check that out. Hatflowco.com. Go to their website today. 654 Roar, you want to get in with us. We talked a lot of Clemson basketball in the first two hours of the show. That's still on the table if you'd like to get in on any thoughts of the Tigers coming off of that uh, one point loss to Virginia. Clemson now turns their attention to North Carolina, where they take on the Tar Heels up at the uh, Dean Dome in Chapel Hill tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Then after that, they go to Syracuse this weekend. Uh, I would say it's pretty critical right now, pretty critical to get some wins back on the other side. Uh, Clemson's got to – I mean, I don't, I don't know if they can – I mean, can – let me ask you this. Can they beat North Carolina, John? We'll talk more about the game tomorrow, but can they beat North Not will, but can they? Are they can? Capable? Yes. They've played some high-level games – this year, they've beaten some high-level teams. Can they? Yes. Would I as sit here right now at 11.06 a.m. predict that to happen? No. No. But can they? Sure. Are they talented enough to? Yeah. It's going to be tough. It's going to be really, really tough. But as of right now, am I predicting it? No, I'm not. Probably not. Uh, that would send them to 4-7. and seven. Yeah. That would be a problem. I don't think Clemson can be at 500 or worse in the league. Do you? Like if we're talking about, it's not it's season. not advantageous. It's not something that I think would behoove the Tigers' chances. But to sit here and say there's a zero percent chance, I just can't say for certainty without knowing how the rest of the country shakes out. Like just, I need to know where the other sixty-three teams, who's stealing bid, bids and what have you. But the ACC's. Perception number of teams. Oh, getting it's, in not, right now it's is, not great. I'm not saying it's a high percentage, but to sit here and say that there's zero zero ch- percent okay. chance, I can't do that. No, I, I'm not asking for a zero percent chance, but it, it would feel like they need to be above 500. It, it, in the like conference. I said, it would not behoove the Tigers. It would not be in their best interest. No, it would not. Um, 
It means a lot of wins. Going to have to win, uh, what, seven out of the final nine if they lose to the Tar Heels? Probably so. Something like that, yeah. There will only be nine games left after Saturday. As you, I, I mean, mean as after you say, uh, Tuesday. We, time to go on a run. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost past time to go on a run. Uh, they've they've got to get their fortunes headed in the other direction. Again, we're not. If you want to want to look at bracketology that closely yet, that's fine. I mean, I'm I'm okay with that. Just say what needs to happen so that we don't start having those conversations. I get that. In the next couple of weeks, but there's got to have some turnaround in a hurry. And it starts in North Carolina tomorrow night, seven p.m. Uh, when they take on the. Tar Heels. 654 Roar. John, college football is a little bit of a crossroads right now. What? No. <laughs> not college football. The, the No, there's not a chance that the sport of college football is at a crossroads. I'm not buying that at all. <laughs> the powers that be are descending upon um Dallas, I believe they're I think I think it's Dallas this week. They are meeting to discuss, yes, they're in Dallas, today and tomorrow, what the college football playoff is going to look like. If you recall, they voted in 2022, you know, they they decided to reformat and allow, beginning in 2024, the 12-team college football playoff with a 6-plus-6 model being six conference winners and six at-large bids. Well, now the Pac-12 disintegrating has certainly changed that. Now, once 2026 gets here, we have no college football playoff right now. At this moment in time, 2026 playoff does not exist. They amended the contract with ESPN to have a 2024 and a 2025 expanded playoff beyond four teams. So we don't know what 2026 looks like. In fact, it might surprise you to know that there are a lot of options on the table right now. How many options? A few. Because it's not just a guaranteed lock that we're going to have 12 teams in 2026. So you're saying to me, the person who is dealing with change fatigue in the sport of college football, that after two years of a 12-team format, that we're not even 100% sure exactly how we're going to format this thing, we could change it again? Yes. Cool. Here's an exact quote from Greg Sankey, commissioner of the SEC, who was speaking with Ross Dellinger of Yahoo Sports. He was asked if he was committed to the college football playoff beyond 2025. Sankey's response, quote, yep, but we've got a lot to get right. The commitment is we want to see this get right, end quote. So the commitment is not necessarily to the playoff; it's to the, the getting the getting the huh. the playoff correctly huh. formatted. The problem is, John, how Greg Sankey wants the playoff to look might be vastly different than wow. what Tony Petiti wants know. it to look like, the Big Ten commissioner, or what Jim Phillips at the ACC wants the playoff to look like, or Brent Yormark at the Big Twelve. Or whoever's still running what's left of the Pac-12, Pac-2. Vastly different. That sounded an awful lot like a list of demands to me. <laughs> wow. No, I, and I'm, As in, this is how we... If you want us 
to participate in your thing because right now we are challenging and questioning every bit of the fabric and structure of this sport. We have reached the, the, the way I take that is these are the parameters in which we are going to play the game under. If you do not want to play the game under these parameters, that's fine. We'll just not play it. Okay. We're going to go create our own situation and our own thing over here. I, I that That's the way I take that is. Here's the way in which you want access to my 16 teams. Okay. Now, to be, to be I, I, I'm just reporting, okay? I am reading. As you have, as you have done for close to 20 years. <laughs> I am just reporting the facts. Like I said, like you've done for close to 20 years. Sankey and Petiti, according to Ross Dellinger, stopped short of threats or ultimatums related to their inclusion in the CFP. But they each expressed frustration over challenges and delays on the 12-team format, as well as the unsettled revenue distribution model after 2025. So much so that they formed an alliance, excuse me, a brain trust, together to combat these issues. I'm glad you brought that up. We'll pause on the CFP for a moment, because this is a related topic. Oh, it's all related, Brad. (laughs) (laughs) It's all related. To your point, uh, the union between the Big Ten and the SEC to help shape the future of college football. Do you know what this is? Does anybody really get what what is going on? Because I I have a very strong theory on what I think is occurring here. I mean, it's like when the 1% tries to dictate the entire state of the economic structure? Similar. What? What I think is occurring is that these two power brokers, strongest people in the sport right now, are standing in front of the castle going, hmm, there's really no one manning the castle. We could storm the castle and take it. Do we want to do a violent overthrow or do we want to just simply just load up our army and just show them what we can do? How do we want to take the castle? Do do they want to take the Big Ten or the SEC's approach into doing things? The Big Ten has always been the first aggressor. They have always been the first person to start every domino that has happened in the last 30 years in conference realignment. No, we'll, we'll go back up. In my lifetime, since the late 80s, the Big Ten has always been the aggressor in conference realignment, but then points at everybody else and says, no, but everybody else is doing it. They have always been the aggressor. Okay, but here's what I think they're doing. They're deciding which approach they want to take. Well, do you want to let, are we going to continue what we're doing? You're going to come down here and you be the bulldozer and we're going to reap the benefits? (laughs) I think this is a power test. I think this is to see how much pushback they get and who it comes from. It's all a power test. There's no question they have all the power, John. We, we've allowed them to, yeah, to but now take control already. And we have given them one of their first true opportunities to flex that power. Who is going to push back on anything the SEC and the Big Ten began to push forward with college football? It's, to me, it's not who's going to push back. It's who's going to listen. But who? But just, just answer my question. Who is in a position to push back on anything, any referendums? Oh, no. Or pass these two conference commissioners choose to take? No one. Think about it. No one. is, is I mean, The only guy who has any chance is Brent Yormark from the Big 12. But he would be silly to push back. He would be wise to align himself with those two because they'll take him with them. 
It's the same logic as the bottom half teams of these two big power broker leagues. We can't speak up and say anything against it because it would be crazy for us to push back against this because we got to do everything we can to make sure we're apart, we're along for the ride. Brett Yormark and these conference commissioners have to do the exact same thing that South Carolina and that Indiana have to do in terms of the league meetings. They have to vote to say yes for whatever they say to make sure they're along for a part of the ride. Jim Phillips could push back. but there's Well, what's one- it going to do? He's just going to get pushed out. Good luck getting any of your teams to get a non-conference game. Good luck getting more than one team other than your conference champion into the field, and that's even if we allow your conference champion in that's after the key. next two years. He has no say. Do you know why he has no say? Because what are they going to reply if Jim Phillips says, I will not stand for that, I will not sign that, I will not agree to that, you have to have my vote. Then your teams can stand on the sideline and watch the playoffs. They're going to say, but Jim, you don't even have your house in order. Why are we worried about you bringing an army when you're too busy fighting amongst yourselves? You literally have a school suing you in your own conference, and you are counter-suing. And there's a good chance... That the multiple other schools are going to be joining that team that's suing you in the near future. And your biggest brands are the ones doing it. So the ACC is going to have no say or power in anything because they can't even get their own house in order. Because they'll just say, well, we'll just go take Florida State from you then. And we'll make you irrelevant if you don't agree to our terms. We know they'll say yes. Of course. That's what that's, they have no leverage from a None. league standpoint because None. if an invitation is posted, any of these teams are, and there's a way out, they're gone. So who's to stop them from Notre Dame? Schwarberg's on his way out. He's done. He's handed over to the TV mogul guy at Notre Dame. What's the TV mogul guy going to be looking out for? Cash money from networks. No, 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 Brad, no. Up in that Notre Dame. Don't, deal. don't be that guy. Don't, don't just be up there blaming that the school up there in Indiana is just out there trying to do it for the TV. Don't, they no. You don't care about the future of the game, of the sport. Clearly, they do about the league, though, right? Well, they're not in a league. They care about the history of this league, though, right? Of the so ACC? Much so they just gave us Cal and Stanford. <laughs> You're telling me they care about the history, the uh, the the. Oh, they don't care about the history and tradition of the league. If they the, did, they wouldn't be here. They're going to uphold the high standard of the ACC in in South Bend, which is so close yeah. to the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. So th- this feels like the beginnings of. It's not really an overthrow because there's no one manning the gates at the at the castle. It could be taken at any point. That's the it's, that's the problem. They're just beginning their ascension, ascension to go claim it. It's just a matter. They're of... They're beginning the march to the top to yeah. go uh, to go sit on the throne. Is anybody? This is our way of saying: Can you actually stop us from doing what we want to do? Because clearly, Sankey and Petiti are going to run this sport. They are. They're going to run the sport. They're sitting there in well, Dallas they, today to figure out the playoff. They're not going to run the sport. Let's be clear. The two respective television networks who tell them what to do are going to be the ones running the sport. Lock and step. Yeah, but... but they, they are the voices for those networks. But no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about the CFP. I'm talking about uh, the rules and I, what we play by. The, the networks don't want to get involved. The networks are not going to tell them how to pay players, 
how to how to you know let them form unions, how to get rid of NIL. They're not going to do that. No, 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 not not to that level. But in terms of how the sport is set up and structured and all of that, yeah, they're going to have a very very big say as to what happens. They only care about the college football playoff right now, the networks, and getting as many marquee games as they can on the schedule. So what happens with the college football playoff? What's on the table? What could we see? And will anything actually get done the next two days in Dallas? We'll discuss on the other side, 654-ROAR. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's corporate cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com sports. Ramp.com sports. R-A-M-P.com sports. Wake up. Breakfast. And nature-made vitamins. Whatever your morning sounds like, nature-made fits right in. Whether you're looking for vitamin C, or a multivitamin to get key nutrients. We've got you covered. Now that's a good morning. We take care of you so you can take on your day. Start your day with NatureMade, the number one pharmacist-recommended vitamin and supplement brand. Based on a survey of pharmacists who recommend branded vitamins and supplements. I'm Rick Davis with the Davis Law Group. I'm a proud Clemson alumni from the class of 1981. When folks come to see us, they've generally got a problem of some sort. And we start out by listening. That's what makes the Davis Law Group different. Whether it be a work-related injury, a problem dealing with an insurance company, or a family law issue, you are going to end up having to deal with the judicial system. And it is a journey. So what we try to do is help you find a path forward through that system in a way that you will have a fair result. Contact us today at davis.law. We'll be glad to help. Estes Heating and Air, the elite tile dealer of the upstate, is here to give you peace of mind with an exclusive offer. If cold air is blowing from your unit and your heat is on, it's time for a routine checkup. A priority customer membership with Estes Heating and Air includes two full routine services to make sure your unit is running efficiently all year long. New members enjoy $25 off the one-time membership fee. Estes Heating and Air, the elite tile dealer of the upstate. 864-718-7200. Clemson Nation, this is former national champion Ben Boulware. If you live in Anderson, Greenville, Clemson, or Malden, South Carolina, and you're looking for the best birthday suit in town, come get tailored at www.thejunkyardfitness.com. Come by and see us at our four locations in the upstate of South Carolina. Your first week is always free. Is your crawl space damp or musty? Water in your crawl space can cause wood to rot and creates an environment for mold and mildew that can make its way inside your home. Canty Foundation Specialist specializes in crawl space repair. Call us today for your free inspection so you can have the peace of mind knowing your crawl space is dry and your home is protected. Call today, 864-641-0176 or visit 
cantycanfixit.com. When you shop or donate at a Dream Center resale store, you're helping to change lives. The Dream Center receives no government funding and depends on the resale store's proceeds to operate. 100% of store's proceeds go directly to support the programs of the Dream Center, offering those in need a hand up instead of a hand out. Shop and donate your items today at their Easley, Pickens, Seneca, or Greenville store on Pleasantburg Drive. Donate, shop, change lives. Visit thedreamcenterpc.org for more information today. Thanks for calling Discover. This is Anjali. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just got an alert for a strange charge on my card. No problem. We make sure you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases on your Discover card. Let's see. Did you purchase something from a t-shirt cannon store yesterday? Absolutely not. No, I already have like three. Zero dollar fraud liability guarantee. It pays to Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Broadcasting live from the Upcountry Fiber Studios, this is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Six sports minds playing with powerful toys. He's got some tools. 105.5 and 97.5 FM. We are the Roar, where every day is game day. We're back here live on the Roar, 11.24 a.m. on this Monday edition. You know, to clear this up here, uh, the college ball playoff delegation, if you will, meeting in Dallas today. John, they still have not determined a format for the final two years of this current contract of 2024 and 2025. For the 12-team format that will start in less than a year. Yes. The 12-team thing is is approved, but the model in which they're going to, to go with on how they determine those 12 teams got snagged by the Washington State president. What happened? So the the 10 FBS conferences, a president from each of the 10 FBS conferences and Notre Dame all met before the national championship game in Houston, and they were poised to move to the expanded playoff with the format of 6 plus 6 to a 5 plus 7. They're going to go from 6 plus 6 to 5.7, or 5 plus 7. The decision corresponding with the Pac-12's realignment shakeup, right? We all know that it disintegrated, so you needed to add a... They wanted to add an automatic qualifier instead of giving the Pac-2 a spot. Sure, I understand that. However, according to Ross Dellinger's reporting, the vote was delayed by Pac-12 representative Washington State President Kirk Schultz, whose vote in a format change is necessary. It has to be unanimous to change the format for the final two years of the current contract in 2024 and 2025. It has to be unanimous right. to change the format. Why was Schultz adamant about not giving his vote? Because he wants a revenue distribution model that pays Washington State and Oregon State, the two leftovers in the Pac-12. As unless he, he gets it, he does not want to. Now, his proposal which was tied to, presumably tied to his vote format change here, 
was met with pushback. Not surprising. He wants those two schools to still have a seat at the table and be included in the distribution model, and the others in the room are going, why? Now, you're not a conference anymore. Clarification for me here. Is he asking for this for the next two years, or is he asking for this over like the next seven to nine? I assume it starts with the two years, and then he's expecting it to continue. Now, after the next two years, buddy, let's see who you're playing, and then we'll talk from there. But in terms of the next two years, I fully agree and support him. And if I was someone who was backing this Washington State president, he would be doing exactly what I'd be telling him to do. Is it eventually all going to work? No. Is it going to end up with him and Oregon State getting some sort of a payout to eventually get them to fall in line? Yes, it will. Now, but he is, he is only going to have a seat at the table for a very limited amount of time. Two so, years. For, for the next two years. So I am all for him being like, you know what? I'm not just going to willingly give you continually Washington, Oregon, SC, UCLA, whatever it is that you want. I respect him putting up a fight. Will it eventually matter? No. In the grand scheme of things. But, Brad, what do we talk about all the times that college sports is founded upon? Pettiness. Good on you, man. Well, to be clear, he's not he's not going to win this long term. But no. He at least wants to, I think, try to win it for 24 and 25. Gets, get as much out of it as he can, as, as he should. Because what happens beyond 24 and 25 is a completely different negotiation process than what's currently going on with 24 and 25. Correct. We'll get to that in a moment. Schultz declined to comment this week. And the status of his proposal is unclear, but the topic is, is expected to be addressed today or tomorrow. In interviews, the four major conference commissioners declined to get into specifics about the format situation. John, we are less than eight months away from the start of the season. Is that seven months away from the start of the season? Uh, yeah. We don't know what the format is. You can't, as a coach, sit down in front of your team and go, I got it. This is how we make the playoff in 2024. We don't know. <laughs> we don't have a clue right now. So the, I'd say these meetings are pretty important over the next two days. I would say so. All right, given all of that, we aren't sure what the format looks like beyond 24 and 25. It's been reported that negotiations between the CFP folks, the people that are running it, which is like Sankey, you know, the commissioners that are all on, on this committee, this board, not the ones who pick the playoff teams, the one who run the who run the thing, right? Made the decisions. They are still in negotiations with ESPN, and as far as we know, there have not been negotiations, heavy ones, outside of that. Like this, not I can't include CBS or Fox or Amazon or whoever. <sighs> Netflix, okay. for all we know. Uh, all right. They, those have not been reported that that's been occurring. So I still think that's a major mistake. I think you uh, take this thing to full market and you break it up and you give some games to, to each network and you get a huge piece of the pie. I have been saying that for the last couple of years. I think that, and let's collectively bargain this thing, I think are the two biggest things I think would help the future of this sport. Because I just feel like if we're going to keep increasing the games, we're going to keep increasing the footprint. And I think it's only going to be a matter of time before there's a home playoff game in Columbus, Ohio, <laughs> and Gus Johnson's watching it from the couch. Yeah, you, you 
maybe right about that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I think I have reservations about this happening past the next two years because let that happen once. Do you know what I mean? Let there be a weekend where Penn State, Ohio State, and for the sake of this conversation, Southern Cal all host playoff games in that opening weekend. And Gus Johnson's not on the call for any of them. You mean to tell me that all of a sudden Tony Petiti's not going to be like, you know, I think we really need to take this thing to market. Yeah. All right, so then beyond that, what what for you ask what's on the table? The Big Ten wants this Petiti. He wants a an increased playoff. He wants 14 to 16 teams. No, well, why 14? We just did four. That number doesn't make sense. Just if 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 you if expansion again is really what we're after, let's have the number make sense. Just go to sixteen. Just don't do worry 16. about buys. Don't yeah. worry about what conference gets the preferential treatment there, and so we can you know have a contest about who who gets what better treatment. Uh, that's nonsense to me, in my opinion. I don't know exactly how many Sankey wants. All I know is that Sankey has suggested in the past that he wants only at large considerations. There's no prerequisite to making the college football playoff. There's no you win your conference title or you do this or that, you get in. So that that's what's on the table too with with expansion to twenty six is we may not be we may, we I don't I don't know that we're at twelve in twenty twenty six. To be clear, I think we're at more in the year twenty twenty six. Not the playoff expanding to twenty six teams. I just want to make sure that we got clear clarity there. Yeah. Uh, a, a lot to to keep up with, though, uh, in these meetings. If you, you, if you had to guess today, on February 5th, for just the next two years, what do you think they, they come out and settle on? I think they get their way, and they get the 5 plus 7 model passed. They almost have to. I, I mean, how many more meetings? How long can you stretch this thing out? How many more meetings can you have? In terms of 2026, we, we, we're nowhere close. We're nowhere close to determining. Oh, the and no way. I'm not trying to ask you to predict what's going to happen at that point in time. I think they need to get through 2024's first playoff before they t- really take a serious look at what 2026 looks like. I know that doesn't leave them a lot of time. I agree with you not only from a how do we seed this thing, but from a broadcasting standpoint as well. Yeah. Because I also am, am curious would you rather see like, the ESPN stretch that thin? Plus all the bowl games as well. Well, the, the like, bowl- like would that impact all the the product you're getting across the board? Yes, because I, I think ESPN would probably not require, not not need that much inventory. They would probably scale back on some of their bowl games. Would be my guess. Now, can those go to a market where other others get hold of them potentially? But I would th- th- the bowl structure is going to change greatly no matter what is determined. Between now and 2026. Texas says 12 teams does not make sense. The SEC and big teams will get the bye. They'll they'll get whatever they want, essentially. Yeah. The, 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 that, that's the why expanded field was not set up to give everybody a shot. The expanded field was set up to give the two big leagues a much more advantageous path. Correct. And greater odds at having a national champion. Yep. That's what this is for. Six five four roar. But bottom line, we'll we'll find out a little bit more. I think by by Tuesday or Wednesday on this. But I think I think the pack I think the pack two is going to have to cave. I don't, I don't think they're going to have another option. 
if they stick to their guns and we continue to this thing, uh, it's going to be a mess. Oh, they eventually cave, but not without a fight. We'll see. In the NFL, we talked about Cliff Kingsbury flipping to DC. Let, let me let me just run through some of these hirings that occurred. You say good or bad? We don't we don't grade good or bad. All right, Cliff Kingsbury to be the offensive coordinator in Washington. Um, on the fence right now. Lean bad. Joe Witt Jr., defensive coordinator in Washington. Uh, good. Okay, he's a he's a Dan Quinn guy. Yeah, they have experience working together. That's why I think it'll. That's why I lean good. Chargers bringing in Greg Roman to run Harbaugh's um, offense. Scheme with Justin Herbert, lean bad. Good for um, continuity with Harbaugh in terms of messaging perspective. Yeah, Roman came up with Harbaugh. Like he was with him in Stanford. He was with him in San Francisco with right. the 49ers. I Roman, just don't know how 2024 Greg Roman's offense is. I don't either. Roman and I was, need someone to unlock Justin Herbert here. I don't know if Roman's going to be the guy to do that. Uh, Roman was then loaned over to John Harbaugh, where he coached the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, helped build that thing, and then he disappeared for a year. He just he stopped coaching. They brought in Todd Munkin to run the the uh, Ravens this past year, and Roman didn't work, and now he's resurfaced with Jim Harbaugh in Los Angeles. Man, that running back room in uh, L.A. is going to get a full overhaul, in it? going to get worked. I mean, they, they got Kyron Williams. He's good. They need to back him, I would think. Probably so. Uh, with, with more more in the stable. Um, not Ky- no, not Kyron. Sorry, that was the Rams. Austin Eckler. Eckler. Yes, thank you. Yeah, but Roman likes to have like four at a minimum. Right. They're, they'll. They're, you're right. They'll stack that room with at least three or four more capable. Two of them backs. will be guys who have taken snaps with the Ravens this last year. Yeah, your your point is extremely valid in my opinion. That we don't know what a Roman 2024 offense is supposed to look like. Now Harbaugh may give him all the parameters of what he wants. Harbaugh's not an X's and O's guy necessarily. But, I mean, he doesn't know what's going on. If they were drafting J.J. McCarthy, I think this would make a lot more sense. Fair enough. All right, you you were telling me earlier that Cleveland has settled on their uh, offensive staff. What does it look like? Oh, gosh. I'm drawing a blank now at the top of my head. They brought in Dorsey. Yes, yeah, Ken Dorsey is the O.C., and um, Tommy Reese is the tight ends coach, and uh, Deuce Daly is the running backs coach. Weird. Very weird <laughs> configuration. Weird. It was uh, revealed by Albert Breer, an NFL insider, that they fired Alex Van Pelt, their offensive coordinator in Cleveland, because he was not getting to Sean Watson where they wanted Sean Watson to get. Okay. I find that fascinating. So, didn't you go and hire the guy who was fired for not getting Josh Allen where he was supposed to go? Right. Meanwhile, Van Pelt got picked up like that in New England. And Breer said he was the glue to their staff. And this was above Stefanski. Okay, that was going to be my question. Was this above Stefanski in terms of a... You're on a warm seat. We need you to make some changes. Yes. Because we're paying the quarterback a lot of money and we need to get more out of said quarterback. Yes. That's what it looks like to me. They they did not, not, not a knock on Watson, but this is what happens in pro sports at times when the contract for the quarterback or for the individual player. So it's why you see turnover and coaching in the NBA constantly. Financially, something has to change 
it's a lot more team friendly to move on from the coach than it is the player. Bingo. You can't you can't move Deshaun Watson. You can move Van Pelt. Yeah. Even if Van Pelt's not the problem. But even if Deshaun Watson's not the problem. Like regardless, that's just from a business standpoint, that's what you have to do. If the two of them cannot work together moving forward, regardless of what the reason, the coach is always going to be the one who gets moved on. But in this situation, it feels like, and I don't, I, I mean, Watson hasn't been healthy enough, but he also has not been one of the, he's been one of the lower passer rating quarterbacks in the NFL the last two years. Right. Is, is, is that Watson's fault or is that Van Belt's fault? I, I'd lean more toward the quarterback than I would the coach. If but everybody else on the staff sticking up for the coach. Something's got to change. I guess. I guess. Sounds like a sounds like a bad move to me by Cleveland. Because it's not like Van Pelt was just ostracized, horrible. He can't coach. Get I him mean, out of the league. He did a pretty decent job with Joe Flacco and no Nick Chubb. Johnny got a job five minutes after he got fired. Became the OC in New England on a brand new staff. So it's not like he was just, oh, he can't coach anymore. Get him out of the league. Six five four roar more to come in the final segment for this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Greg Ellie of the Prosperity Group. I'd like to invite you to tune into our radio show, The Prosperity Hour, on Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. You'll learn about Social Security, how to maximize it, how to make an asset out of it, how to protect your retirement income and create a pension-like income that you can't outlive for both you and your spouse. I'll show you tax-free strategies that protect you against nursing homes and illnesses. Just give me a call at 864-989-0176 or go to mymoneyissafe.com. I'm a donut nut, I'm a donut nut, I'm a nut for Krispy Kreme. I'm Glenn Reese with Krispy Kreme Donuts in Anderson and Spartanburg. We're open seven days a week. Pick up some delicious donuts and a cup of coffee. Share a box or two at your business meeting, at church, or with family and friends during a time of need. Call Spartanburg and Anderson Krispy Kremes. I'm a donut nut, I'm a donut nut, I'm a nut for Krispy Kreme. Do, 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 do. Hey, what you gonna do when you gotta pee? You're gonna call Royal Flush at 238-8800. We've got your porta-potties. We've got your event trailers, too. Call Royal Flush at 864-238-8800 or visit them online at royalflushtoiletrental.com. We'll even pump your septic tank for you. Call Royal Flush because we're the king and queen of clean. So what have you got to do, 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 do? Call Royal Flush. Workers' compensation claims can be overwhelming to handle. With medical costs, recovery time, and a loss of income, you need someone in your corner who can help. Nick Lavery, Clemson's local attorney, offers free consultations and can help you get the results you deserve. For your free consultation, call today, 864-654-3680. Nick Lavery, Clemson's local attorney, here for you. Twin Peaks is the best in the game. Here, it's bigger game days and bolder fight nights. I mean, where else can you find a scratch kitchen that always comes in clutch? Every day, from lunch to late night. Only at Twin Peaks, the number one sports bar. What does it feel like to file with TaxLayer and get your guaranteed maximum refund? It feels like the last level of a video game, facing off against the final boss who stands between you and your refund. All your refund is belong to me. Using the power of TaxLayer like a secret power-up he doesn't see coming. Only the most tax-confident can defeat me. Throwing your laptop at his video game face and watching him crumble into a giant pile of shiny coin tax refunds. Oh, not fair. You 
use Tax Slayer. Start for free and get your guaranteed maximum refund. Tax Slayer. File fearlessly. Harbin Lumber Company has been helping build dreams since 1917, proudly serving our local communities for over 100 years for all your building material needs. With spring around the corner, now is the time to think about a new deck or deck remodel or screened porch. Have it completed so you can enjoy the great outdoors. Visit HarbinLumber.com or call us at 706-356-4300 and let us show how we can help with your vision. That's 706-356-4300. Rely on EnviroMulch for all of your outdoor needs. They have an assortment of mulch, river stone, dirt, sand, gravel, straw, and more. EnviroMulch will make your yard look amazing during the months ahead. Order at EnviroMulchOnline.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Go ahead, feel your engine. Admire that perfectly installed exhaust. Your vehicle's moving along this freeway like it was made from fresh installs and a whole lot of love. With eBay Motors, you get over 122 million parts to keep it running. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, they'll be the perfect fit every time. Plus, at these prices, well, we're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Commercials, snacks, prop bets, Taylor Swift, and everything else that goes into this year's Super Bowl. Whether you're a diehard football fan or just here for the epic commercials, the big game is the event to watch. Game day essentials. Friends, snacks, and good vibes. We've got you covered up to the big game. We are the Roar. It is the final segment here on a Monday. Out of bounds. We'll be coming up next on Tuesday. We'll start diving into more Super Bowl. Really start kind of analyzing more about the matchup and what to expect to see. And I don't know. Maybe we'll get a story or two. Right now, it's kind of kind of slow going out in Vegas. We do know that San Francisco 49ers are upset with their designated practice facility. And they're looking at other options, John. They're not happy. They're not pleased with UNLV. That's wow. <laughs> yeah, uh, not not pleased with their facility there at UNLV. Oh, that's bullcrap. Mm, they say the turf. It's um, it's not not the kind of turf. I mean, want. we haven't heard great things about the turf in um, what is that Allegiant Stadium? Is that what the stadium is called that we are playing in now? Yes, that is correct. It's good prep. Yeah, uh, if the turf in the in the game's going to be bad, get used to by practicing on bad turf. According to a, a report here from CBS Sports, uh, sources say the firmness of the natural grass the NFL laid over UNLV's artificial turf. Well, is the issue? Why are we putting turf on top of turf? I know. What do you expect to happen? But it's not it's not firm enough for them to practice. Well, on. yeah, because it's it's what what is that turf adhering to? Turf experts get in six five four roar. I mean, I, I just feel like that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know what their alternatives are. It doesn't list play on the the original turf. On on the fake stuff on the UNLV turf, the one that they play on. It's artificial. They don't want to practice on artificial. Turf. Well, I don't know what you want here. They want turf that's, that meets their specifications. Okay, I'm not a, I'm not in turf management. 
I don't. I don't think that's outrageous to ask. No, I, I'm just trying to figure out, like, okay, what? How do we fix this then? How do we move forward? What What is the alternative? I have no idea. There's a. There that's why, and it doesn't seem like that was a great idea to begin with to put turf on top of other turf. I don't think they're being over. I don't think they're being crybabies. The turf that they that they asked for, they have a an actual unit of measurement for this. By the way, it's units of gravity. And they they asked for 70G, and they got 50G. I mean, I, I think the turf you practice on and, and play on is a big deal. I mean, I don't <laughs> – you risk a lot of injuries. Turf is a, is a highly, highly debated topic in terms of the medicals and injuries and stuff. I don't, I don't have a problem with them wanting a certain level of turf. They – they're accustomed to. I, I don't know what the stadium turf is at the Legion. I haven't seen that. But this feels like uh, feels like something that should have been worked out, I don't know, long before they showed up. Now, the 49ers did send representatives to Las Vegas to try out the turf before they got there. But now that they're there, I mean, I'm, I, I, th- I think this is a big deal. Am I, am I off on this? Um, I was on the phone. I was just speaking with a turf expert. Didn't have time to hop on here. Oh, I love turf experts. But he said this is something that is commonplace when they do soccer on top of these fields that is brought in these big brick sections to be put down. He said it's not the best idea in the world, but it is something that is done um, in a very common occurrence. To put turf on top of turf. That's Yes, common. the way that they are doing it. He said it's very much what you do sometimes with soccer on top of a football field. It's not the best idea in the world, but it is something that is yeah. done. This is not like a haphazard one in a million type thing. One of the things they're they're trying to figure out is can they use the Raiders facility, which I guess meets the standards well, that they have. Why not? What are the Raiders doing? That's where the Chiefs are practicing. Okay, let's stagger times. That's what they're trying to figure out. I, that, that. that doesn't make any sense to me. You have two teams. One gets the morning, one gets the afternoon. No, but the problem with that is you have obligations. You have media obligations. You have functions you have to attend as, as teams. Like this, like this, they run into this at, at bowl games. Like you have a small window of when you're supposed to practice because there's things you have to do throughout the week. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know if it's easy as just going one in the morning, one in the afternoon. If there's a scheduled event in the afternoon, they have to reshape the whole schedule that's been set in advance for over a year, probably. I didn't sound very doable to me either. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you do. Because don't the do the Raiders not have a indoor and an outdoor? I don't know. I mean, I know they hosted the Pro Bowl games last year in their indoor facility. Yeah. I mean, I, I would assume that they have multiple fields. If most big-time Division One college programs have three practice fields out at one facility, three to four fields. But they're not going to practice at the same time. <laughs> no, I mean, like, one on the... <laughs> you can't do that. You can't One on that. indoor, one on the outdoor? No, you can't. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, massive tampering will occur. You thought you thought Jim Harbaugh had an advantage. <laughs> you'll no, be no, no, Harbaugh's are coaching them. here. You'll be sitting... The coach will be sitting watching them practice. You can't do that. Can't practice at the same time. I'm just trying to be proactive and come up with alternatives here. <laughs> I I don't think that's one that's gonna gonna fly uh, for for either side. That would be. Do you really do you really think that both teams would hear? Uh, Bishop Corbin so has to have a pretty good field you can go play on. Well, uh, there's well, alternatives here. We don't we'll have to sit around and just cry it. about it. Yeah, we'll handshake on it. I just don't peek over. Okay. I don't know. Let's rotate days.
Monday and Wednesday, Chiefs get it. Tuesday, Thursday, the 49ers get That's it. That's not how they do it. They designate a facility so that you have all your equipment there and you can leave it there and, you you know, like it's logistics stuff for the Super Bowl. I, I'm i telling you how the system is. I, I don't have the answers. I think the answer should have been, why, why didn't UNLV get a suitable field for the 49ers is my question. You knew about this in advance. Like, don't they have site representatives? Like, don't people come, like, from the team? Don't they come they out when they start planning this out? Like, to come out and, and look at this a couple weeks out before this happens? They did, and they told them it was too soft. So they, they knew this before they got there. But you only have a week to, to get the logistics down, and then you show up the next week to start practicing. I, I don't know. I just I thought it was a weird story that we're... That so far, that's the only, the only thing we got going over. You know, it, it is Vegas. To your Vegas. point, it is quiet, but it's only day one in Vegas. I have, maybe tomorrow morning we may have a couple more headlines. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, how about this headline? Le'Veon Bell wants to come back to the NFL, and he wants to do it with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Your Pittsburgh Steelers, John. How do you feel about that, Le'Veon Bell? Uh, no, thank you. You sure? Uh, yeah, no, I'm good. When was the last time he played? 2019? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, need, I don't need a running back who hasn't carried the ball in three to four years, who's been very disgruntled, who I think just wants to come back so he can say he retired a Steeler. Now, you want to do the one-day contract, Le'Veon? Come on, we'll have the ceremony. We'll get the press out. Sounds we'll like make he a wants to make deal. a comeback. Sounds like he wants to be out there with the team. He last played in 2021. Was his uh, was his last year in the league? Uh, the Steelers' run game needs a lot of things in order to fix it. It does. Bringing back Le'Veon Bell is not one of those things that will revamp and revive the Pittsburgh run game. You don't know. He may he may still have some some gas in the tank for you. He may, but you just don't want to get made fun of for bringing back Le'Veon Bell. I don't. That's I mean, relevant. Well, news. here's the thing: we hired Arthur Smith, so even if we you know bring him in, he's not going to get the ball anyways. Yeah. If he's the running back, the fans want to get the ball, and he's not going to get it. This is a great opportunity for Najee Harris. All right, moving on from the NFL. We'll do a lot of Super Bowl stuff, uh, getting into it more on tomorrow's show. Uh, we, The top 25, AP, top 25 basketball poll will be out shortly. Will, South Carolina. Will South Carolina be ranked? They better be. Listen to you. I can't, I can't call you when I want to call you. Listen no, you to cannot. you. you cannot. Just standing up for the... Uh, for the garnet and black over there. Listen, rivalry aside, rivalry aside, they are worthy of a top 25 ranking. They have earned that ranking. It is crazy to me that they are not ranked. I agree with When you, you look at some of the other teams in the range in which I think South Carolina will be ranked, I think anywhere between 19 and 25, giving myself a broad window here. But I think anywhere in that range, that's where they just... Des- they deserve to start there. They have earned that right. We got into February, and they have, what, three losses on the year? Yeah. Come on. That's crazy. I don't know who's had a better week, or best, a better two weeks, when you when you think maybe Tennessee, number six, and Kentucky. I can't think of anyone. It's pretty impressive. Uh, they're currently 38 in the net, though, and that's because they're non-con. They played... 12, 13 quad three, quad four games combined. 
Clemson's played nine. Clemson's on the team just ahead of them in the in the net. But I, I mean, at some point you have to you have to rank. I don't care what the net says. You have to rank these teams by what they're at currently doing because that's what you're supposed to. Do. The net's taking everything into account. You as a voter are supposed to look at it and go, who's playing really well right now? Who's worthy of a top twenty-five spot? And to me, there's no question South Carolina is worthy of that. Is Lamont Paris worthy of Coach of the Year consideration nationally? He's in the conversation. You think he's in? Yeah, he needs to be in the conversation. I think he's more certainly SEC Coach of the Year. It's hard to like go through every team that whether they're going to. A lot of times you go, okay, who who most exceeded expectations? Right. And we give out the awards based on that. He's in that camp, though. Has to be. Absolutely has to be. I, I don't want to come across as saying, like, who's done the, the most with less, but because that implies that this, you know, South Carolina roster is less than, but it's incredible what he has done this year. I'm not even sure anybody knew who he was two years ago. Most you don't even remember him at Chattanooga. People certainly don't remember how bad things were a year ago at this time. He had an NBA player on his roster, and they were atrocious last year. Awful. Couldn't beat anybody. I shouldn't say that. They couldn't beat most teams. <laughs> I'll start getting texts on the uh, Adams Covey text line real quick. Uh, they they went eleven and twenty one and four and fourteen in league play last year, and here they are. Just rolling people. I mean, just big win after big win right now for for this team. And they are what, what are they, John? Second in the SEC? Is that right? In the in the standings? Do you know off the top of your head? They are second. Yeah, second in the SEC, behind only Alabama. They're tied with Auburn at seven and two. Ah, let's give South Carolina the 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 tie. <laughs> the tie goes to the runner. South Carolina's a runner in a situation. I, I'll put them ahead of Auburn, War Eagle. At this time, in uh, South Carolina, number two in the SEC. Look at you, Ty goes to the runner. Getting ready for Ronald Acuna to get back into our lives. Speaking of baseball, do you like how I'm segueing that one? Two weeks from today, what are we talking about? Do you know? A Clemson baseball, two weeks, hold on. Sweep. Clemson baseball sweep. A sweep? A sweep. You think it'll be a sweep? Calling it. Two weeks out. Okay. I don't know about a sweep, but uh, they'll be playing Xavier from a cold. What's his last country. name? <laughs> what do you mean? What's his last name? Xavier. What? Who are they playing? Xavier. Who? <laughs> not not Thomas. Oh, not oh, not a guy. It's a school. It's a, it's a school. Okay, yes, from the state of Ohio. It's about that time of year where they they want to come down to warmer weather. Have you started getting ready for college baseball? Are you, are you like where are you at? Where are you at with it? I, I'm excited. I am ready. I'm really excited for softball that you can hear on the roar this coming uh, later this week and over this weekend, and of course on ClemsonTigers.com. But I'm fired up for it. I'm ready. I'm ready to start kind of uh, wrapping my head around this roster, the lineup, maybe the pitching rotation, bullpen rolls. I know a lot of that will be de- you know decided over the first you know ten to twelve games, but man, I- I'm ready to get the process started and ready for baseball season because that also means that warmer weather is ahead. Mm. Allegedly. Allegedly. You know, maybe the lake's going to warm up a little bit in the next few months. 
Oh, let's well, see. Well, 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 weather ahead. That just that's all I can hope Some for. Right? Plans in the process of being made. I am looking forward to talking about this baseball team uh, for the Clemson Tigers. Uh, South Carolina should have a good team. Uh, we'll be, you know, we'll be diving into all that here in the in the coming weeks, especially as we get through this week past uh, post Super Bowl. Uh, but I tell you, Clemson's, you know, what they did last year and that win streak. I know it ended horribly. But what they did leading up to to those moments, um, they built a lot. They built a lot of equity, I think, in 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 the bank. And there's a lot of returning players and a lot of newcomers that are going to be pretty good. Vibes seem good. The vibes, vibes seem good. Vibes should seem really good. In fact, they were picked to finish second in the division by the ACC baseball coaches poll that came out last week, just behind Wake Forest in the Atlantic, who's really good this year. Let's wrap things up. Thanks, everybody, for joining us here on the show. Coming up next, it's Out of Bounds. Have a great Monday. Talk to you again on Tuesday. WCCP-FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville-Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cal.